Hello everyone and welcome to Sober Gay Podcast, the podcast that gives you a front row seat to inspiring stories of people who have found freedom and joy in living an alcohol-free life. Hosted by myself, join us each week as we have fun and engaging conversations with everyday people about their journey to sobriety. From the challenges to the triumphs, come get inspired and learn about the amazing lives of those living a sober life. I really hope you enjoy listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this episode. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Sober Gay Podcast with me, Sean. So today, my guest is Sophie. Hi, Sophie. Hello. How are you? I'm really good. I feel a bit nervous. Um, as you know, we only decided this today, so I was like, okay, yeah. let's just do it now. I won't overthink it. Yeah, because I asked you, I'm a bit like, are you quite an impulsive person? Like, because I usually yeah. tend to be like, when someone asks me to do something, I'd rather just like, now or nothing, because then you'll just think about it and stuff, won't you? Definitely. So you're quite Definitely. like, a, like, a, we'll just get it, let's just do it today and then we'll just get, like, we can just like chat about it while you've got it in your head. Exactly. Well, I mean, I think it's a part of my personality definitely a part that got me into real trouble with drinking because it was Is like it? a you know bucket switch kind of but yeah I am sort of I try and be in the now as much as possible which has its mm. pros and cons <laughs> well if you want to start off with like telling a little bit about yourself to the listeners who is Sophie what are you all about <laughs> <laughs> oh god I've got all, all shy now um well I'll give you a, a quick um quick rundown haven't got yeah, any kind of I, time here. I, I even want to know as well because we've kind of met each other online on like sober coaching and stuff like group coaching with uh, Annika she does like sober and soulful so like that's where we've kind of met but I feel like I've not really like known you properly so it'll be nice to know like a little bit about yourself yeah absolutely well I mean I um I am well I've just turned for 50 Oh yeah, and I live in North London with my two girls and my husband, and I teach reception, so I teach little four-year-olds, which I absolutely love. Oh. Um, shall I tell you about how you know where where I'm from, that kind of stuff? Yeah, or just like whatever you want to share, really, just to like yeah. get, to tell the listeners a little bit about kind of yeah, a little bit about you. I well, I mean. <clears throat> I wasn't sure if I was going to share this or not really because, uh, well, I grew up, well, so I grew up in quite a hippie yeah. um, family. You know, there were, weren't a lot of rules. There wasn't a lot of structure to my mm. childhood. So mm. it was all a bit chaotic. It sounds fun, but actually it was didn't feel particularly safe. There was a lot of chaos and mm. um, my dad was... Um, um, had bipolar so he was quite unpredictable but brilliant dad my mum was a bit weird but um yeah so growing up it was always a bit I was a bit sort of lost I suppose mm. and then got my really serious boyfriend at 16 till 20 so that was good he was a big strong kind of you know reliable force in my life but then um uh yeah fast forward really um I mean, well, I can answer. The, I was, I was just listening to your podcast to hear your 
your questions about, you know, drinking and stuff. But I first started drinking. It wasn't really a big problem when mm. I first, I remember my first drink that yeah. when I that was in the last year of my primary school with my best friend. We just raided the drinks cabinet and it ended up, you know, I remember feeling really happy and excited. And then we were just being sick in the garden and it was miserable. <laughs> it was yeah. like stumbling around horrible. And then I kind of, you know, could take it or leave it in my teenage years because I had this, you know, boyfriend to sort of take me away from the chaos of my family. We were kind of quite like mini grown-ups, really. Yeah. And then um, then when I went to university, um, that's when it all really kicked off. I think that's when it sort of really snowballed for me. Um, my dad died very suddenly when I was um, I was actually with him when I was 20. He had a heart attack and I was there when it happened. And after that, um, you know, this is only things that I've kind of really thought about. It sounds ridiculous, but in my sobriety, only really in the last few years that I've sort of gone back and thought, when did it start being a problem? And that's when I realised that drinking could just take me away from it. You yeah. know, I didn't think about it. I could block it out. I couldn't, I didn't have to think about how I felt about anything. I could just, you know, be someone else, you know, with someone else's, just numb everything. That's a, it's a so, great way of numbing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that's the way I coped. And actually, you know, that worked for me in the time that it, I was doing it, you know, in my 20s. Um, but, yeah, so then so I that, just... So that happened to you in your 20s? Your dad died when in your 20s? Yeah, when I was 20, a week before I was 21. Oh, wow. Thank you for sharing that, first of all. Like, that's really, like, that's a huge thing to share. And that is, yeah, I can imagine back then you probably wanted something to just not wanted to deal with it and stuff like that. So that must have, alcohol must have, in inverted commas, must have helped you quite a lot to just, like, deal with it in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't have any coping strategies. You know, I didn't have parents that were particularly, you know, let's talk about our feelings kind of, you know, that I wasn't really that in touch with them on an emotional level. Um, so, yes, I mean, it did it did a good job for me. It, you know, it protected me from trauma, really. Yeah. But now I've, you know, delved into a bit more. I realise that trauma just stays there because sadly it got a bit worse than that. So in my um, so then I was in my twenties and through my thirties, fast forward, you know, drinking, not many, um, not many disasters really. I mean, I was a heavy drinker and I, you know, was a bit of a party girl, so got into some drugs and, but yeah. it was all sort of, um, you know, I was still functioning. I still had a good job and just going out loads and it all sort of. Um, got a bit more serious when I had my two children. I had them both very close together. I've got two girls who are absolutely oh. brilliant, gorgeous. Um, but when they were really little, and so I stopped working and I was at home looking after them. And that's when my drinking really got out of control because I was just bored. I was just, you know, at home, not much going on, found a group of girls who, you know, um, also it had children. Do they call it like mummy wine or some mummy wine time or something like that, don't they? Yeah, where it was okay for us to meet up at lunchtime and 
have the kids there and you know as long as we were all around it didn't feel too bad and yeah it was sort of under under control for a while until it wasn't you know I think with all these things personally mm. you know like I, I mean I'm sure we we've all done this if you're if you're a real serious drinker I was listening to your podcast I understand what you were saying is for you it was the um drinking then clicked Led. a switch for you then want to have drugs which is why yeah yeah it's important for you to stop yeah but for and me they can't yeah it's everyone just everyone has their own different ways of like wanting to stop or wanting to not do it anymore don't they yeah absolutely I think you know it was it's a different story for everyone um but yeah so that's... that so that kind of drinking was kind of um and maybe like when you were drinking with like the other like like mums and stuff like that you kind of forget that like I can imagine it being like you kind of forget that it's like a problem and it just comes like a habit I guess and then like what like a few years go by and it's like oh actually maybe this is not like what I want to do (laughs) well yeah I mean um as I said I I kind of feel like it sort of crept up on me because it wasn't a problem until it was until suddenly you know I was dropping them off to school and it was in the morning and me thinking oh maybe I'll you know have a bit of wine and you know it was just it just spiraled very quickly out of control yeah uh, at which point I realized I had to stop but I didn't want to stop but I knew mm. I had to stop because I, I could see the road I was going to end up down you know mm. I could see losing it all my husband was getting very uncomfortable you know obviously I, I wasn't as in control as I should be. You know, I'm a mom, and I had so much guilt about that when I was drinking and when I first stopped. Um, but luckily I did stop, and I actually stopped remarkably for four years. Wow. Um, and But as I said, I, um, I didn't want to stop. I stopped yeah. for my kids and my family because I knew that it was going to all unravel and I was going to, you know, basically lose my life. I didn't... It was just horrible. So I was really lucky that I stopped. And actually, just as my resolve was weakening, we went into lockdown, which actually for me was great because yeah. the main problem I had with drinking was missing out. You know, my husband ah. still drinking, still going out. You know, my friends were still carrying on doing all the things that they were doing. And I was like, I had such FOMO about it. It was like yeah. really great. But then Hooray, everyone was at home not doing anything. So that just suited me, suited me down so that, to the ground. So that kind of helped you way more because you'd kind yeah. of think, oh, the opposite. Because in lockdown, everyone was like drinking and stuff like that, weren't they? So I know in a way, it kind of made you feel, oh, I've already kind of got this in the bag. This is kind of helping me a little bit. Well, yeah, which brings me on to, you know, the longer, in my experience, the longer I was sober, the more strength you have being sober, you know, yeah. so those first few weeks and months were so hard, you mm. know, just obsessed with thinking about it. And then luckily, you know, that sort of fades and it just becomes, a, you know, how you are. And I could see how much happier I was, how much better my life was, you know, how much more I was getting done, how much better I was feeling. Um, but it was still there, this feeling that oh, I was doing it, you know, Maybe I could start drinking later, you know, when the girls have grown up, when I, you know, I still had that in my head. And then, um, I mean, it all sounds so dramatic and awful and it was, but um, luckily I was sober at the time. Um, My, my sister um, 
was diagnosed with a, um, a very aggressive cancer. And um, three years ago, she was diagnosed and died two weeks later. Oh and then God. a year later, the same happened to my mum. So it's been when I talk, I know I've referred to this trauma. I'm sort of shaking telling you this because I feel like I need to get it out because I wanted to tell um, you the effect it had on me, the awful, but also in a positive way. So I was sober when that happened, thank God. And it did obviously go through my mind about drinking and I didn't, thank God, because I knew mm. how strong that alcohol um, gets like hold of me. It could take like, you, yeah. It When it takes me, it takes me to a really dark place. And I knew that I wanted to drink and I knew that if I started, I wouldn't be able to stop. So luckily, I, I think if I'd just been newly sober, I'd probably be dead by now. I know that sounds dramatic, but I really do because I I had a bit of time behind me and I just held on. I just knew that I couldn't drink and thank God for that, really. Um, I'm so sorry, Sophie. I'm <clears throat> really sorry. And I'm really grateful that you've shared that because I feel like being so vulnerable will help other people that might be listening as well. So I think sharing your story is so so important but I'm so sorry like that sounds like really such a tough thing to go through but like you said like how you were kind of you were weak in a sense but really strong in yourself to carry on and being like no this is my like superpower now to continue and you were probably proud of yourself that you could like stick with it is Absolutely. that how you felt well this is why I wanted to share it with you because I mm. hear now uh, you know in so I've I've got so much from this sober Instagram thing, which I'm only like you two, but so many um, I've I've heard a lot of people say, oh gosh, but how am I going to deal with if something awful happens? You know, in sobriety. Yeah. And I I just want to share that actually you do cope with it when you're sober. You don't cope with it when you're drunk. If I had been drinking through that, I would have made it all about me oh, isn't this awful? I'd have been probably in a pile of, you know, booze yeah. outside the hospital, drowning my my sorrows. You know, instead, I was there. I was there when my mum died. I was there when my sister died. I was sleeping in the hospital there, being present for them. And I couldn't have done that if I'd been drinking. So I just want to say to anyone who's worried about how they'll deal with a big, you know, trauma or um, a, um, any kind of, you know, big wow. grief, I wouldn't want to speak for anyone, but I found that actually I was a hell of a lot stronger than I thought I was and infinitely more stronger than I was when I, you know, when I was drinking. So that's what I want to say about that. <laughs> I think that is such an important sh story to share because actually when you look at it back into kind of like even when you think of like films and stuff like that, when people go through tough times and stuff, you always see them with like a wine or, do you know what I mean? But yeah. um, I want to go back to the kind of, um, do, did you feel different to when kind of, when your dad kind of passed or when you were actively drinking then, or was it, was it different in this, or was it, is, is it a different time of your life? I can imagine. Cause I guess then you were drinking, but now, did you, do you find it different? Um, yeah, I mean, totally different because I never de dealt with my dad dying because I just drunk through it. I, I yeah. just 
pushed all of those emotions in yeah. into a box and left it there. Mm. Um, I can't say that I've dealt with the grief of my sister dying because she's only yeah. a year older than me and it's just too horrendous. I can't really talk about it. Yeah. But with my mom, um, if I were to compare the two, you know, to actually be able to um, process my emotions, you know, as I said, it's two years ago, not that long, but I'm working through them. You know, I started seeing a bereavement counsellor and did a lot mm -hmm. of things I was totally not brave enough to do when I was drinking, A, because I wasn't strong enough, and B, because I just didn't want to go there. I didn't want to be bringing any kind of things like that to the table. So, yeah, I mean, I would definitely say it was... Um, it, 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 <laughs> drinking through disasters just it makes doesn't it work doesn't no work. it's just just a just just a uh, uh like a flood barrier you know it holds it there yeah and you know when you stop it all just comes floods out that out. is such a good way of like describing it because that's what it kind of does isn't it it's like blocks it and um you kind of when you when you don't drink you have to sit with your feelings don't you and you have to like deal with the emotions and go through it all yourself absolutely well yeah so fast forward to um so yes I wasn't drinking stayed not drinking yep. came out of lockdown still having this feeling because I hadn't been drinking for so long I was feeling you know super so super sober so you know yeah on top of the world very my confidence came back you know all of my life came back really but the big thing was miss that was missing in it was the thought that alcohol was still fun alcohol was still this you know exciting thing that I wanted to do that I wasn't allowed to mm -hmm. yeah. so that's where it came in you know the the um sober and soulful because I was I so last summer I decided yeah what I'll do is I'll just start drinking just a little bit and then yeah. if it doesn't work I'll just stop wrong <laughs> and this I... so for the listeners so this is after four years right of not drinking right yeah four years um you know through that I went to AA which was really really helpful it stopped me yeah um didn't quite sit right with me calling myself an alcoholic um I mean I've got no problem with the label as far as I was concerned, alcohol has just trashed my life, you know. So if, if I fell, filled out a questionnaire, I was like, you know, 10 on the questionnaire. But I still, I didn't want to, I, I, it didn't feel that it was um, it didn't for sit me. Right. It didn't sit right because I didn't feel like I had been born with this affliction. I felt like, hang on, it's alcohol that's the poison. You know, if I was shooting up heroin, would they be saying, oh, yeah, she's, you know, um, she's obviously got a problem. Well, she would be saying she's obviously got, but it's the heroin that's the, you know, yeah, the addictive absolutely. substance. And there's so much put on us for, you know, it being our responsibility to drink safely. Well, it's not safe to drink any amount, actually, because there's a poison and it's addictive. But yeah. don't get me on that. It's just, yeah, it's just more socially <laughs> acceptable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yes. Yeah, so after this four year break, I thought, oh, OK, well, I'll just go and have a few drinks and see what happens. And maybe I'll just be able to magic word. What's the magic word? <laughs> moderate. Uh, moderate. Yeah. Moderate. <laughs> Try that as if I hadn't tried it 20 million times when I was trying to stop. 
anyway, that all went disastrously wrong very quickly. Um, to summarise, I, I was straight back to my darkest point of drinking. It was oh, horrible, really? really scary. So by, you know, a few months later, by November, I was on my knees going, right, I've got to, uh, something's got to really change here. Because, and and my mum and my sister and my dad actually were a really helpful motivation, as well as my children, obviously, because I feel very much that they're with me. Mm. Um, and I knew that they'd be saying, well, I just felt them saying, come on, you yeah, know, you've you're done there. it. So this is your kind of future now. Yeah. Don't don't waste it. I mean, you know, that's my whole nuclear family and I'm here. I can't be throwing away my life. That's just so disrespectful to, you know, to life itself, really, isn't it? So, um, so yes, yeah, so I, I knew I had to change my mindset about this whole, what it was giving me. Um, and, and that's where I am now. So I'm, I'm at, I was actually, oh, is it today or yesterday? Yeah, five, five months sober today. Yeah, today. I saw it on your Instagram. <laughs> I saw that video. Yeah. yeah. Congrats. Yeah. But I feel like technically you're like four years and five months, basically. I know. <laughs> well, this is the other thing, you know, this whole going back to day one. Yeah. Actually, again, something I learned from Instagram, which was, you know, we've got all these sort of rules in place. Like you can have all this sobriety and then you have a slip up and then you go back to square one. No, you had four years sober. Yeah, That's exactly. amazing. Half my, you know, children's, one of my child's life. So that 100%. was a really good, you know, um, block of time and I learned so much from it but I really do feel that this is quite different this time because I want to be sober because actually you know it's a lot more fun <laughs> Definitely. you know but do you find that um do you find that kind of even go when you went back into drinking last year I now you kind of are kind of glad that that happened maybe a little bit because now you kind of know for sure that this is what you want to do do you think absolutely absolutely you know I think all of these things teach us something and that certainly taught me that actually and because I had such a big um chunk of sober time that was really helpful to reflect on to remember so I knew yeah. that if I could scramble a month together I was going to start feeling more comfortable if I could bit, get a bit more time then I was going to have my excitement back you know I could refer to all of that time and you know, as plain as day, how much happier I was not drinking. So that was really, really useful for me. And I know, I know you said that you had AA in the first four years of being sober. And I feel like maybe this time round, did you just find more of like the Instagram community and stuff like that? Because it does really help. And that's what I think um, social media is amazing for, because you just like people comment such nice things to strangers and because you know how the other person is feeling, you're like, oh my God, fucking hell, they're doing great. Like, I want to comment nice things on them. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and that's even Absolutely. like another extra boost because community is such a huge thing. I think is, for me anyway, one of the main reasons how I can keep going is like people like you and like other people do that, even that you've never met is just like amazing. Uh, I totally agree. I mean, for me, this is gold dust because this is at the root of, why I started drinking again was because I just felt like I was missing out socially, you know, all my friends, I've just built up my whole life is mm. built. Well, I mean, I'm trying to change this, but 
I need to get some sober friends basically because I yeah. all my friends are you know it's I mean I've got some core friends who won't change but my friendships are starting yeah. to change because I'm, I'm not doing those things anymore and hopefully I'll become more confident to go out we've talked about this go out and you know do a few party things but that's yeah. going to take me a while and I need a sober tribe around me so yeah Instagram's been amazing for me I never even I have an Instagram page I don't know I think I set up a few years ago and it's got like two posts yeah and then you know the thought of me share because I I went to air and then I kind of stopped and I kept in touch with some people and I went to some online meetings and like I say I would not knock it I wouldn't I don't think I'd be here without it but I really feel this time around I'm just going at it from a different angle. Yeah, you know, you've got you kind of got to... like you got kind of got like an upper what's the word? You've got like um you've got the four years that you've got all the kind of knowledge and experience, but now you've got like the exciting things like the like learning about loads of other different kind of aspects Absolutely. of sobriety and stuff. Absolutely. Um, well, I feel like we've answered quite a few of these questions like while we were chatting I think at the beginning we were a bit nervous and we were chatting and I think it, when you when you talk about something we're so passionate about you just like you just chat about it naturally and thank you so much for being so vulnerable and sharing your story and stuff like that um such a so, pleasure you know, what's that sorry you know what I did write down because I know one of your questions that that was the thing I really wanted to make sure I talked about was was is it something about what what I found useful when or yeah so my next kind of question I feel like we've covered the first three but like one of the questions are kind of um what are like yeah the benefits to you leading like an alcohol-free life like what have you found most beneficial um yeah I mean just everything is mainly to do <laughs> just <with> everything <laughs> yeah basically it's to do with how I feel yeah and, you know I thought that alcohol was giving me confidence making me happy making me sociable and funny mm. and actually it it was the other way around it was yeah. taking the things from me in the first place and it might have given me a little bump for 10 minutes, but then I was back to, you know, I feel now, and this is the honest truth, Sean, I feel now like I, um, like I, what I was chasing, like I do after, uh, after one drink, you know, yeah. I feel excited and, you know, buzzing and, and I feel like that a lot of the time. I mean, obviously not all the time, but yeah. talking to you, you know, that's, yeah. that's me, my core and I'm just, I just feel so relieved to have that back. I love that so much because it's like, I think when you become alcohol free, you just like, you just realize that the simple things in life you're just so excited about. Like even yeah. just like having engaging conversations like this or just like waking up a little bit earlier than everyone else that's still sleeping, like having a coffee or something, like little things like that, or just being on holiday sober is just game changer. Um, it's just little things isn't it where you can't really explain it but it's just like loads of little things that just like make it it sounds cringy but magical isn't it it really is it's magical and it's not little things it's life yeah this world that we live in you know we're here yeah and look around. 
and yeah and you forget like going back to instagram you look at kind of all these quotes and stuff like that as like oh you're like one in a million you come on this planet and it's such a like rare thing to come on this planet but then like you feel like so lucky to be here and i feel like you get you become grateful and you appreciate so many different things and yeah i could go on and on i just feel like we're having a really good tangent right now <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. I don't think it is tangent actually because it 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 goes into the next I think your your final question god sorry I'm just telling you what your questions are oh, but I know the one that I wanted to talk about which was what I found useful in early days of recovery or what I found yeah. what I found tools or I don't know what it was what was the question yeah like what what do you find useful what what yeah 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 because what I was going to say was about which it was what I've written in big capital letters is believe the hype. That's what I'm going. You know, don't believe the hype. You know that. Yeah. Like, um, I didn't believe the hype. Like, sober Soph, I would have found her fucking annoying. Sorry to swear on to your listeners. Could, <laughs> you could swear because I would have just thought she didn't have. You know, she wasn't clearly drinking as much as me, or she has. She's got like a lovely, easy life. She, you know. That that's I, it's it's not possible. It's not possible. I believe I didn't believe that I could be sober and have fun. Yeah. So do believe the hype. If you're in early days of sobriety, believe. Have a look. And it's we're not lying. We're not getting paid to come on this. You know, doing our Instagrams saying, yeah. "Wow, look at the flowers. This is real." <laughs> you know, that's what happens to you when you you get a bit of sobriety behind you because you, you open your eyes. I feel like my life's in technicolor now. It's because so you that... want to share it, isn't it? It's because you yeah. want to share it with so many people and you want to be like, you want to be like, and I don't know if you find it like this. You want to be like, you want to share it. You want to talk about it, but you don't want to be like annoying and you don't want to yeah. talk too much about it. But then also it's like, it's hard not to because you're so like, you want the other person to be like, go on, just try it. <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly. It's like being in love or, you know, yeah. finding a great holiday destination. So, yeah, so that's the first thing I'd say. Believe the hype. Second one that I know, I, listening to your um, most recent podcast that you do, and I find this really helpful, is the play forward thing. Yeah. So really easy for me because um, early days when I thought, oh, maybe I'll just have a drink or maybe I'll start this tomorrow or maybe it was not, wasn't as bad as I think. I just had to play forward what was the most likely nine out of 10, nine and a half out of 10 scenarios would be me passed out somewhere, me asleep somewhere, me yeah. too drunk about my girls, you know, so that fast forward, you know, play it forward thing was really helpful. Um, also, oh yes, I've written here the, yeah, this was really good. I have learned, and I'm still learning this, but to really, because I beat myself up early days sober, you know, as a mom, I just cringed at how awful a person I was and how yeah. could I do this in my family and I'm throwing everything away when my, you know, my family aren't here anymore and I'm disrespecting them, blah, blah, blah. But I'm really trying to learn to talk nicely to myself you know and I think it was something that Annika said was you know would you talk to your children like that you know would you call them stupid would mm. you call them would you say to them try and pull yourself together or or your best friend you know 
And I found that really helpful because I was like, actually, no, you know, yeah. I'm a good person. I, you know, I need to give myself a break. I had to put these things in place to, you know, to deal with what I was dealing at the time. So, yeah, be kind to yourself. Being it, your own the... being your own best friend, I like saying as well, because yeah. you feel like you because you have more time, you spend a lot of time time with yourself. I feel like, yeah putting good words about yourself and kind of like look at look you're because you're looking after yourself you're just like loving yourself a little bit more so it just like yeah that's a really that's really really good tip actually for people yeah I really, really cool. I like that Give, putting words around I don't do that but maybe I should yeah <laughs> you are amazing you are wonderful <laughs> and obviously um well I I um I only started reading all these information books about how alcohol affects the brain and neural paths and stuff in the last six months. I oh, really? Yeah, amazing. Because I just couldn't concentrate on reading a book. And that's the embarrassing thing. I couldn't concentrate. I'm too much going on. Never mind my all my brain cells being fried. And um, so I discovered Audible. So any of these books, if you think, oh, I haven't got time to read a book, put it on Audible and have it running. So my week times were at home tidying up or, you know, when my mind started to wander to, oh, maybe I could go to the shop and be back before anyone would know. And, you know, just putting on those podcasts, putting on those Audibles, that was really helpful. And the last thing I want to say, again, I'm just trying to read my writing because I scribbled this down in, in capitals. Oh, yes, is um, I, I, um, I've written, put it off. So what I mean by that is, um, and this was a, a good, really good early day tip. Yeah. When um, I was literally, you know, I say I'm five months now, five hours, you know, to get to bed sober was a real accomplishment. Yeah. Never alone five days, you know, then five weeks. So when those first days, if you're struggling through them, someone advised me just if you, if they start, if that little voice starts coming into your head saying, oh, maybe just one um just put it off for half an hour time at half an hour go and make yourself a cup of tea go for a run listen to a podcast and then revisit it in half an hour's time if it's still there put it off another half an hour but you'll be amazed that actually probably half an hour later you'll be doing something else yeah so it was a really good tip to just get you to bed in the evening because who's ever regretted that the next day you That's know you a really good tip Thank God I got to bed tonight sober. So yeah, I just wanted to share that. I'm going to stop talking now. Can they're really good tips. No, <laughs> honestly, they're really good tips. And I even want to go back to the audio stuff. And I feel like that's exactly how I felt. Like I'm like really dyspraxic. So I find it really difficult to read. So that's why like podcasts and stuff, especially Annika's one, really helped me at the beginning because it was like, I was even listening to it at work, on the way to work and like feeding so much. Sometimes it can be a bit much, but I actually really enjoyed having it in my ear because you just like have loads of different perspectives and stuff. I don't know, maybe you're like similar to me. I can't just sit down and read. No, but also, yes, absolutely. No, I agree. And yeah, those podcasts of Annika's are really, really. Um, the other thing about the, um, yes, uh, the podcasts and the Audible is, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm dyslexic. So similar. Yeah, I couldn't concentrate. But even if you, because this is the thing about reading a book, you can't, I always kind of felt like, right, I have to have the time. Everything has to be quiet because I really need to concentrate. But yeah. actually, 
put on an audible when you're in in the car going somewhere you don't even have I didn't feel like I even had to fully concentrate on it I'd come in and out because there's so much in our subconscious yeah that it's kind of like getting to you subliminally you know just like brainwash your head to realize this is a bad yeah. thing to is really helpful yeah I'm so glad that you put that because it sounds so simple but honestly there's so many con like content out there like podcasts and audibles it's just yeah um it definitely it's definitely helped us anyway hasn't it <laughs> um so I think I'll go to my last question which is in one word, what does living alcohol-free mean to you? <laughs> oh, that's nice. Um, one word. Well, obviously, I'm not going to say one word because it's clearly impossible <laughs> for me. Um, Sophie, with one word, that's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> I would say um, peace. Mm. You know, I've, I've, I've got peace of mind now I feel yeah peace and love man <laughs> I love that and that's what it is isn't it it's just peace and relaxation kind of yeah, yeah it's just there's so many different words you could use but I like first thing that comes to your head peace and I'd 100% agree with you um oh we could chat for on and on couldn't we but <laughs> We're definitely going to have to go for that drink, though, 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been so nice. Thanks, Sean. If anyone wants to, like, find you on your sober Instagram, um, would you be happy sharing that? Would you want... What of course. Is, yeah, what's your sober Instagram, so if anyone wants to follow you? Uh, it's um, sober underscore sof underscore. Perfect. Um, well, thank you so much for your time. And thank I'll you. speak to you soon. Thanks, Sean. Bye. Bye. Once again, thank you so much for listening. If you want to find me online, I am on Instagram at Sober Gay Podcast. I am also on TikTok under at the Sober Gay underscore. I'll see you next week.